Welcome into the Marvel Guys podcast. My name is Jordan, and I am joined by the guy who is social distancing from every available bus in town. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing a lot better than I was yesterday. <laughs> little detour, huh? A little, little bit of a detour, yeah. Uh, well, you know how it is. It's uh, It can be confusing sometimes. <laughs> it can, it can. Um, today we are going to cover a very, very basic news section, and then we are just going to get into some thoughts about really everything. So bear with us, and hopefully we'll have some fun. Once we're done with our discussion, we will get into Spencer's third issue um, with his comic book series, and we're super excited about both of them, so... Uh, strap in, hop on, hands and feet inside the cart at all times. Yeah. Let's get this thing going. Buckle up. So the major news item day to day, there's not a whole lot, but we have noticed over the past week or two, some interesting cast, uh, maybe not reveals because nothing is technically confirmed, but sources are speculating everywhere that we have a few interesting names in the cast of Doctor Strange 2. Once yeah. thought of for Spider-Man 3 were ones Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and we've talked about that a little bit, but it sounds like we may be getting them in another series, Doctor Strange 2. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Uh I think it's interesting and you know also, Ryan Reynolds being kind of like speculated as having a role in this film uh, kind of leads me to a even crazier path. But like, so I've been kind of like developing this thought process as to what comes, what comes after Endgame. What is the biggest takeaway from Endgame? And 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 what I mean by that is like, what do we, what did we see in Endgame that? shows us a glimpse of the future for the MCU. And as I was telling you like a few days ago, um, I felt like something kind of went under our nose. Uh, it definitely went under the nose of like casual fans. Um, but it's not even that it went under our nose. It was probably the biggest and most impactful thing that happened in Endgame. But the severity of it is so big and people I think aren't taking this into account. So, uh, in Endgame, when Hulk is talking to the Ancient One, she's describing the timeline of what we have seen transpire in these movies, which was like, what, 21 at the time? Right. The entire flow of everything is like platonic. So, it's just a straight There's one line. line. It's one That's timeline. That's what we've seen so far is one yeah. line. And she's describing that, well, if you take one thing out, you know, it completely creates a new, like, Correct. entirely new universe, basically. So how did they come about with, like, fixing this issue was, okay, well, if we take the stones from where they were, we can return them at the exact time so that now this is completely platonic again. And that's true, because now it's just a, a circle. Like, everything is still happening at the same time. So, like, Loki getting, you know, the, the Mind Stone or whichever stone it was, um, 
you know, uh, all these different things are still happening at the same time. Nothing is messed up because the stones are in the same place that they were. And eventually the Infinity War happens and it's always going to happen that way. And then Endgame happens and it's always going to happen that way. And then it just, the cycle repeats. So it's a platonic storyline. However, Captain America screwed that up big time. And I think that that is why like the floodgates are now open and people don't take that seriously because to the casual fan watching Endgame, they look at what Captain America did as like, oh, like his story comes to a good end, you know, like he actually gets to spend time with Peggy and that's amazing. However, that screws up the entire timeline of things, him staying there. Because him staying there, Peggy knowing that he's alive, there's no reason for Captain America anymore. He's already there. Like, and he's not, you can't, you run into too many issues if you're Steve Rogers, like, going back in time, like, oh, hey, babe, like, it's, it's amazing that we're here and we're dancing and whatever, but like, uh, you can't tell anybody that we're, we're dating. You can't tell anybody that we're married. Uh, what if Peggy Carter wants kids? Well, oh, sorry, I can't have them with you because I'm Steve Rogers and I'm supposed to be dead this whole time. So, like, that screws up everything. Like, it really does. And I think that that has the biggest implication. That's the biggest takeaway because now we're looking at the multiverse. And that's what we're looking at with Doctor Strange. What we're seeing is probably going to be because of Steve Rogers' actions, something happens within that timeline that affects Wanda and Vision to where now it's like this alternate reality. This happens all the time in comic books because you have different like universes. It's almost like a what-if scenario. Like, what if... Um, what if Bucky Barnes doesn't fall off the train? Uh, well, you, you don't have a Winter Soldier. He dies. Um, what happens if it's revealed that Captain America is alive too quick? Well, you know, there, there's no need for this or that to happen. You know, Captain America being the kind of person that he is, if he stays in that timeline, he's going to know that Hydra's infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. the whole time. Like there's so many things that are just too. So basically what this has done, I think, is opened up alternative stories. And what I mean by that, I think, is like when Doctor Strange, the reason that we're seeing speculation with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire is they're both Peter Parker. Doctor Strange is probably going to go looking for Peter Parker and find one or the other. And he's going to be like, wait, you're not the same kid. And they're like, well, I'm Peter Parker. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, you've now opened up an entire different thing. Entirely different thing. Um, I think, you know, just looking at notes. Um, another big thing that you pointed out is that... Uh, Doctor Strange 2 is set in London, correct? 
that is what it looks like based off of the cars on set being uh, right on the right side of the car. And I believe they're filming there. So Okay. So what I'm what I'm thinking there is um <laughs> Brian Braddock. And the fact that he was teased in Endgame. And once again, that was one of those things that, you know, I think a ton of YouTubers have probably covered. So like a lot of people know about Brian Braddock in Endgame. Um even though it was like a two second snippet which you had to really pay attention to. Um, I actually did not even notice it in theaters at all. It took me going back and watching it and be like, oh my God, she just said Brian Braddock. But um, so basically Captain uh, Britain being a part of the MCU potentially with that, uh, which people had speculated in Spider-Man 2 because that was also in Europe. But um Specifically being in London, I think that that's a possibility because of the multiverse. Um, but the thing that's really interesting, because we're sitting here and we're looking at this cast listing for Doctor Strange, and there's no villain. And this thing is pretty close, no? Like, they're, they're filming. They're they're on set. I don't yeah. think they're filming it, but they're, like, mostly on set. The only person that's not there, apparently, is Benedict. So, what this leads me to believe is that, potentially, we could see the Ancient One back as a villain. Because we know the plot is that Doctor Strange is looking through the Time Stone. Uh, and the reason that she would be a villain is because of what Captain America did in Endgame. Because he meddled with time. He meddled with the the multiverse. And when you open up those possibilities, like, everything's endless now. And that's something that she felt very strongly and very adamant about, is that, like, you don't screw with it. Like, everything has to stay the same. You can't go off and do these things. That's why she was explaining it to Hulk in the first place. Um... So yeah, I could definitely see her maybe coming back as a villain. Um, and I think what this is all kind of leading to for me is something that I have been really wanting since the announcement was made um, of the of the merger with the MCU. It's something that I, I wanted as soon as I found out about it. But because you have this multiverse and you have all these options now open that when we get to the time in which the X-Men are introduced, we're more than likely going to get an Age of Apocalypse, either film or multi-film thing, where it's like an Infinity War slash in-game type scenario for the X-Men. Because you've already laid the, the foundation for there being a multiverse out there, and that's the entire like storyline of age of apocalypse is that this is basically like an alternate dimension, alternate reality from the actual like six one six universe with the X-Men. Um, and I think age of apocalypse is one of the best, uh, at least like top three X-Men comics 
series that there is. It's it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I mean, seeing that in film form would be <laughs> amazing, 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 amazing. Because, like I said, you could do one massive film, or you could do two. Um, it just depends on how in depth they would want to go with that storyline. But I definitely feel like that is. That went from being like a 20% possibility to now probably like a 50, 60, 70% possibility of that happening, which is amazing. Got your thoughts out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot, but like my brain just went so fast at processing things when we were going over like the casting, the plot of Doctor Strange 2, uh, <laughs> it just literally was just like rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, well, back to the original news item. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for a moment. What do you think uh, Sam Raimi's uh, influence was on maybe starting this idea for bringing back Toby and then Andrew? Because Sam was the director of the original Spider-Man movies that Toby Maguire was starring in. Do you think maybe he brought it up or do you think it's something that Kevin's been thinking of for a while? I think it's probably both Kevin and Sam. Um, I think they brought Sam back for a reason. Uh, and I think that that had to do with Kevin's thought process as to what he wanted the, the overall vision to be pun intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think it has, a lot to do with both, but probably leaning more towards Kevin on that. Just because he just, I think he has that vision already of what he wants this thing to be and right. going forward. You know, he, I mean, he's Kevin Feige. Like, he's got this stuff mapped out probably. I think, um, yeah, one of the main discussions we were having was coming out of Endgame was what just happened with Captain America. Because the directors were unsure. <laughs> The, the writers were kind of... Everybody was on like a different page of what exactly Cap did because it's really nothing's canon as far as the reality situation. Yeah. So there were some that were saying he went to an alternate reality and lived his life out in that way and then returned to give back the shield. Um, there's also people that are just saying he lived out his life. That was him as a pallbearer at, you know, the funeral. Yeah, um, yeah. So <clears throat> there's been... A lot of different theories. The one thing that is a little bit confusing, and basically there's no way he could not have been in an alternate reality because the second he chose to change everything, that would split into an alternate reality, technically. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's right. like, I think right now, as we go forward into Endgame, this is basically an alternate reality. Like, we're no longer in the same platonic right. story that we once were in. My pushback would be, and it's not a disagreeable, it's, it's just um, what is an alternate reality? Because as we were told in Endgame, this is not back to the future where you change something and you're having, like you messed up the future. Yeah, right. right. So it that's does. what we were told. And so it, it really kind of, there's this gray area. If, if if that is how it works, then they would have many, 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 many realities based on 
uh, Starks, you know, talking to each other. Right. Uh, Tilda running into the Hulk. I mean, I think, everybody had an, <laughs> a yeah. way of screwing that one up. I think one of the things that that really does it, though, is that once again, like when Hulk goes to see Tilda, like that's something that would have happened anyways. So like the, with a platonic storyline like that, that's something that's always going to happen. So basically, like I said, it's like a cycle. Like they literally, mar- like if they wanted to, they could have had Cap not stay back then and then come back and just end the entire MCU right there because there's no way of really going forward after that because it's just a repeating cycle. You have Iron Man, you have all of everything that happened after that. You get to end game, they go back in time, they do all of this stuff, they return the stones. It's a cycle. And so like those are basically like scripted events for these characters that are going to happen regardless. Like it's, it's kind of weird because it's like a background thing. Like basically saying that the ancient one had that confrontation with the Hulk before Dr. Strange was even Dr. Strange, but it happened. Um, but I think the implication once again of, of cap staying in that time, it opens up that alternate reality so that now we're not in that cycle anymore. That cycle's over and we're spreading off into something different now. But those, that difference represents a change in like the possibilities of things coming from these multiverses into ours, into this universe, or us going into alternate dimensions, which is more than likely why Peter Parker would there be three iterations of Peter Parker in these films or, uh, the ancient one coming back or, or stuff like that. Um, it also opens up the door possibly for Robert Downey to come back at some point if he wanted to, to make like a random appearance or easily. Yeah. Which is awesome. But so in that regard, I think it's like the perfect move, but I still just think that like, wow, that has massive implications. You remember in Pirates of the Caribbean three, when, we got all these different pirates all of a sudden, and we're like, oh, my God, this is a pirate movie. Like, the first two were a pirate story, mm-hmm. but it was really a love story. Right. And the third one one was as well. However, we got this massive conglomerate of international pirates. Right, right, right. And Davy Jones was still, like, a thing. And Elizabeth and Will had their love uh, storyline, and Barbosa. Mm. is you know starting to change and and everybody's like this was really cool to look at but what the heck just happened <laughs> you know yeah. that is my one fear of the multiverse you know thing with marvel is it could make things really cloudy and um, we want to avoid that but i think they'll be able to write it in a way that's not that cloudy i think they should it, it's, based it's, on it's their basically past. like like this whole conversation to me looks and sounds just like the the whole like it's always sunny in philadelphia meme where he's just got all of the you know right. stuff on the board and he's like well like that's basically what this is it's like a conspiracy theory less is more in my opinion when it comes yeah. to multiverse but i think that they will do the multiverse in a way that isn't super complicated and people know what's going on at all times because I mean, that's the thing with the comic books is, I mean, 
comic books were intended for children, but children were able to realize what was going on in these comic books enough to know how the multiverse worked, how the one above all works, how eternity works, how, you know, all these different things are going on. Like, so in that aspect, I think they'll still, they'll go with it. Um, and I, I think that this is, this is, this is going to be massive, man. One of the biggest complaints of Endgame to the casual from the casual fan was they took like half an hour explaining time travel, you know? So yeah. I, I agree. We need to make sure that it's fairly simple and not overdone um, to the point where they have to explain multiversal theory every single time something happens. So yeah. I'm excited because I know that they're probably going to do it right. They're probably going to do it well. Um, the cap thing, it's very interesting because we we don't know exactly like here let's break it down for a second because the way they explained it in the movie was that you cannot here's like here's the laws of time travel or whatever let's try to figure it out by figuring out what we do know Mm -hmm. you can't change the future if you do something in the past yeah that's one thing yeah that that was a rule yeah it's not back to the future right so there's no like there's no multiverse in back to the future really yeah so you're just there's one line and with here there's many lines and you really you create an alternate timeline mm-hmm. yeah if here's the question if you remove a stone from that timeline or if you adjust the events mm-hmm. which which one do you think i think it's both yeah but it has to be one of the two because no. if if it's the if it's just changing the event Mm-hmm. then that disregards the stone because the stone is an event changing anyway. So if yeah. you if you step on a leaf and you know you trip or something, I don't know if you're tripping on leaves, but uh, and you trip and knock somebody over into a very rich man and he gets upset and sues somebody, like are you changing an alternate timeline right there? Yeah. So there's Absolutely. an unlimited amount of there's timelines there's that are already taking place based off of Endgame. When you look at Infinity War, Doctor Strange saw 14 million different possibilities of one event. Just, right. Just literally one event, and that was the Avengers facing Thanos. Right, and that may and not be occurring in, thing, right. in 2% of timelines. There's, in some other alternate reality, there's a freaking thing where Thanos comes to Earth and he joins the Avengers and they fight Galactus or something, or they like, you know... Uh, you know, there's, there's so many different things that can happen. And I, I think I, I get what you're saying because I, I just don't feel like as much as, as much time as was spent in that movie talking about time travel, they made it so confusing and they also made it like not accurate because when you really think of the, of, of the flow of time in that storyline, so the SSR was created basically to create the super soldier, which was to create basically Captain America. If Captain America survives and he's still alive, there's no reason for them to do anything else. If Captain America, knowing, but knowing in that his reality, heart and knowing his like will, he's not just going to sit back and let Hydra do the exact same thing that they just did, even though he knows the ramifications of what happens. Right. Like there's no way that he's just going to be like, oh, I see you and I know what you're doing, but I can't do anything about it because this yeah. has to happen or that. But that's not the reality ah. that we're living in because you can't change the future based on the past. So mm. 
basically Captain America lived his entire life as it as we watched it play out on the movies yeah. in Endgame. And then we saw him at the end. Right. So nothing the thing, changed there. So uh, there is an alternate universe where you, what you're saying would right. be true, but it's not in the one that we're currently watching. I don't agree with that. I think that that... But then you would disagree with the idea of an alternate reality based on him staying back. Because if he changed the... Uh, if he made his decision to stay back, he would have created an alternate reality because obviously we said the law is you can't change the future. The future's mm-hmm. already done. The future we watched in a movie. Mm-hmm. So it can't be different. It can't be changed. He was on ice. Yeah. So basically you'd have two caps. And that runs into the, the same issue where, you know, <laughs> what's what's the... What's his purpose? What's what's he doing? Peggy Carter is still an agent within the organization. How can she possibly live a life in which she's with Steve Rogers while he's supposedly dead on ice for 70 years and then nothing happens? But in that reality, they're married. He may be the only cat because in that reality, there was no future yet. Right. So it's very interesting. Five yeah. different ways. It's very interesting. But it is something, once again, that happens all the time in comics. Like, especially in the X-Men, I feel like. I feel like in the X-Men, there's more of this uh, than anything else. Because with the X-Men, you have, like, the whole Days of Future Past storyline in which they go back in time to, like, ensure that, like, Trask doesn't create the Sentinels and stuff like that that ultimately lead to their demise uh, and then of course you have like once again like the age of apocalypse where there's an entirely different like dimension in which like characters aren't the same uh, but I think as far as the MCU goes I think when Doctor Strange looked in forward into time to see the different possibilities I think that kind of sums up the multiverse in in, in itself is that he looked at 14 million different possibilities of an outcome with Thanos. That's it. So there's 14 million different versions of them fighting Thanos. Um, on top of that, there's probably an infinite amount of other versions of themselves, versions of time, versions of... Well, and that might have been like, 14 million versions where they were all there. Right, like right. Not, not everybody yeah. would be fighting there's, in every single. There's probably a version where, like, I'm not Red sure they S- thought all this out like yeah. we are doing, but like, there's probably a version where, like, Red Skull like kills Captain America like right then and there. Yeah, and then like, Jackman's on the battlefield. When, like, yeah. who knows? When Thanos comes, there's no Cap. Tom Cruise. Is, yeah. There's is Tom Cruise as Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, there's infinite possibilities here, but it's it's just. It opens up so much and it's so interesting and there's so many different (laughs) things um, that can happen. And I think that's, that's the beauty of everything going forward is that, man, it just, possibilities are endless. Yes. And I guess that's why they call it multiverse madness, madness, multiverse of madness, multiverse of madness. Yeah. Because we're going mad right now. Because it's crazy. It's probably a lot of it's not going to make that much sense. I mean, Doctor Strange doesn't really make sense in general, so that'll fit the the timeline of right. You know that there's a glass. You know, there, there's so many things going on in Doctor Strange <laughs> yeah. that 
were so different from the regular Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, it kind of had its own place. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of the cap thing. I don't think they do yet. I think mm-hmm. they're still thinking this one out. Um, so hopefully they know how to play off the implications of this because there are implications of this. And if mm-hmm. they kind of ignore it, then that would be an opportunity missed because we'd be going, wait, what, what so happened? that meant nothing, you know, <laughs> yeah. what happened this whole time. Um, how did you feel? I, I don't know if you ever saw this. I think we actually talked about this. So I'm just going to bring it back up again, just because I think it's kind of funny and silly, I'm but okay also touching rep. like how, how would you feel if like, and it's not going to happen, but like, it's just one of those little fan theories and like really cool, interesting things is like, oh, well, Cap couldn't spend his whole time with Peggy. So when he went back in time, he spent a little time with her. That's what we saw him and her dancing finally. But then he goes to return the soul stone and then he actually gets, you know, he and uh, Black Widow fall in love or whatever and had their little thing. Nah. You know what I mean? I thought that was so interesting I'm and good. I thought that that was really funny because it's like the whole idea was the fact that like when he hands over the shield and Sam sees the ring and he's like, oh, you want to tell me about it? He's like, no, I don't think I will. All right. Like people that had that kind of theory were like, well, he didn't tell him because he's, you know, he spent time with Black Widow. And it's like, no, but that is kind of nice and kind of cool and comforting because there was like a really weird, like romantic thing. And maybe it's just because we're trying to ship something that shouldn't be. But like, I don't know. I was getting big romance vibes and like Winter Soldier with with those two. Yeah, I think it was just there was no love story to be had. So we probably just focused on it more. Right. Um, Because we're kind of trained to have a love story in every movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but I don't know. If you look at it from a different perspective, they really just kind of fight the whole time. So maybe more like a sister-brother thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm cool with Peggy. Pe- Peggy's all right. I love Peggy. She gets the full experience. What we really need to talk about is how he's going through that whole family. <laughs> you know? Right. Like that's, that's an interesting. Right. We don't focus on that enough. Dude. Like what? Because And, and, that, and that solidifies... That he is not living in this alternate, this universe. Because if ah. he would have married her and then hit on the <laughs> daughter or the niece, what, what was her? A niece, I believe. Uh, at the funeral, right. no less. Right. That wasn't happening. Right. So, so like, what is he doing? Like, alternate universe <laughs> like, all the way. Let's, let's really look at this. So, <laughs> so, like, old man Calf is sitting in one of the pews and he sees his, like, younger self macking on his, like, you know, basically his his niece and he's like wow like what the heck <laughs> like what is that even like and, and like that's like trying to envision your younger self hitting on like a relative and it's like right. oh that's gross not happening <laughs> and what's interesting too with that is sharon carter's in uh falcon on her soldier she's cast so cool we'll get to see more of her which is interesting now that you brought that up yeah that needed to be said Mm-hmm. I, I, not enough people talk about that either, man. That, that's a weird scene to throw in there. Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. I can't remember his name, but oh yeah, who yeah. are you most excited to see in Spider-Man? Toby uh, or Doctor Strange slash Spider-Man? Toby, absolutely. Why? That was my childhood Spider-Man. I agree. That was that was the one. Uh as bad as like Iron Man 3 was or <laughs> Spider-Man 3 was back then like 
And it wasn't even like it was bad. It was entertaining and fun. It was just kind of weird. Like the whole emo Peter Parker was just strange. But like. I liked it. I was young. It was. Yeah. It was fun. I'm sure if I went back and I'm not going to go back and watch it because I don't want to like taint my vision of the past. It's like I want to hold on to that because I did that with Batman Forever and I'm like scarred by that now. But um, yeah, I, I think I think I'll just stick to my my childhood. That was my childhood Spider Man, man. Like I, I love Toby as Spider Man. So it was really good. It made a lot of money too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hype. Kind of got a raw deal because it was not a great. Um, the movie wasn't made very well. The third one, and then they just stopped. Mm-hmm. Whereas they probably could have rescued the series because it was quite good. What I do find interesting though is like Andrew Garfield's Spider Man was also really cool because of Gwen. Like made Gwen a lot Stacey's, of money too. Yeah, with with Gwen Stacy's death, like them them doing that in the movie was like amazing. Right, like, actually killing somebody. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So I I, I think that I think both of them are. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I was cool with it. I think Toby will always be uh, the Spider Man that we think of at first glance mm-hmm. um andrew i was cool with i loved him in the social network and i was just like all right i can see it and then he gave us see a lot of people that are very true to the comics don't like that he was cool um but i'm not as heartstrung tied to that you know nerdy mm. um, peter parker so right i was cool with it i mean you got to get a good looking actor because it's hollywood mm-hmm. and Sometimes when they act like a straight up nerd, it doesn't play well anyway. Right, right. So it was it was fine with me, and and Tom's been nice as well. So it'll be really cool if we get them all on the same movie. And uh, you know, this is like way way out there, but possibility possibilities of a Spider Verse movie live action. Right. Um, that'd be really sick. Which would be man. pretty crazy. I would assume would have the four major Spider Men. Of our lifetime in it. Oh my gosh. What if they had like, what if they added Miles and Ben Riley? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be sick. Um, I could see it. Also, Ryan Reynolds. I don't think we talked anything about Ryan Reynolds being possibly cast in that movie. And I think as I was explaining to you, I think that's, that's the scene in which if, if it's a massive, if, that Ryan Reynolds would be in Doctor Strange 2, it would be a scene in which I think, like a very comedic scene, but like Doctor Strange goes to, you know, Xavier's school to try to like recruit X-Men, but only Deadpool's there. And Deadpool's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm the best X-Men anyways. Like, why wouldn't you want me? (laughs) And like, you know, uh, something, something hilarious, but like, that's about it. Maybe, Maybe they do what so many people have been wanting and that Deadpool takes over that uh, Stan Lee type situation in which randomly see Deadpool in the back doing something hilarious or funny, you know. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Um, it'll be exciting to get more and more news on this. It's hard to keep a, a casting secret. So yeah. I doubt that we won't find out beforehand and there's nothing wrong with, you know, even if you see confirmed Toby McGuire, like we don't know if he's going to be in 15 minutes or five seconds. So, right. Uh, either way, 
it's it's fine with me, but I, I'm excited for it. I think as like time goes on, we'll get more clarification, like maybe like a month from now, you know. So it's not gonna be too long before there's pretty much every big actor is gonna have some role in a Marvel movie at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. That's exciting. Um, and what a great opportunity for anybody. Yeah. Um, so would you like to get into your issue yes. number three? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Where did we leave off last time? Let's go back and look. We left off with uh, the scientist slash doctor or whatever uh, speaking with a prisoner and Matt Murdock investigating or trying to. Um, so where we pick up here is we pick up with Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin. Uh, he is in his like massive, like apartment building complex, you know, uh, tying his tie in a mirror. Uh, I mean, you can't hear a comic, but you can almost assume that there's like some kind of like classical or like jazz piano behind him playing sure. in the back, you know, uh, he fastens his cuffs and he adjusts a few more things. And then we cut to him like walking outside to a storm of reporters and people. There's a podium in front of him and he begins by saying that New York has been through so much over the years. We've lost jobs, lost ourselves. My opponent is a career politician. He's part of the problem. And while people were dying in these streets, he was continuing to make money from interest groups. He continues speaking on these platforms in which like he's elevating his own uh you know like candidacy like vote for me because i'm not him and like look at look at what's going on around you there's issues that have not been addressed because this guy is not addressing them um so uh we see the doctor next to him we see like several of his henchmen, but they're like, you know, in suits and stuff like around him, like acting as bodyguards. Uh, and we see police, stuff like that, other reporters. All of a sudden, a reporter steps up and boldly asks him, but what about James Ross's allegations showing your participation in the drug rings of Hell's Kitchen? Fisk is angered by this visibly, like, you know, he's like enraged. He loosens his collar and like adjusts his tie. And in a very deep, dark voice, he says, I had nothing to do with the drugs in Hell's Kitchen. People around him in the press conference, such as like the doctor and police, they'd say, you know, oh, this, you know, this time's up, you know, we're, we're moving on, stuff like that. So he is rushed off of the, the stage. When he's walking to his car, with the doctor the doctor looks to him and says everything's in order everything's going to plan in a very like soft hush voice which brings a smile to phil fisk's face now we cut to matt murdoch who's once again in the care of claire this time in way worse shape uh he's like in a suit that he left with but it's like completely destroyed, like ripped, 
he doesn't have a shirt. His pants are muddy and like cut, destroyed. She asks, what happened? And he says, I honestly don't know, but something horrible is happening. There was a man, maybe scientist of some kind, and a massive like surge of power that hurt my ears. Uh, there was another man, a prisoner. It's huge. And he was armed with something on the inside. I don't know, Claire, but this seems like an inside job. Very high-profile criminal might now be on the loose on our streets. She says, well, you're in no position to fight right crime right now. I said, I'll rest and recover when that man is back in prison and I have the answers that I'm looking for. And he storms off as he tries to come to grips with it. Stephen Grant is in the foyer of a massive building in which there's a press conference for the politician James Ross going down. He greets him, shakes his hand, and does some photo ops with, with Ross. Grant and him talk about some stock options, stuff like that. They talk for a moment in the public about the issues the communities are facing and what Grant has done himself in donations to various groups and charitable donations to help the city. In the past, I'll be honest, I didn't pay as close attention to the politics as I should have, but now... After everything that's going through all the channels and observing the ideas, plans, and the character details, I feel it's necessary for me to publicly endorse James Ross for the mayor of New York City. Okay. We follow Steve into an elevator where he goes up to his apartment floor. It's here where we come to the conclusion for those who don't know Stephen Grant that his true identity is that of Mark Spector as we see the driver's license in his apartment building that shows Jake Lockley as a, in the cab driver outfit, also positioned by the door of his apartment. As he undresses, we also see bandages on his arm and chest, indicating that he was recently in some kind of physical altercation. The shot is framed through a lens, like a, uh, almost like a, like a scope of sorts and we hear or we see like a, a bubble that says like so you survived now we're gonna cut back in time so we're gonna go back in time uh oh alternate nope no <laughs> just picking up on the events of what happened to Matt Murdock basically and what happened to possibly what happened to Stephen Grant gotcha. so we cut back to the doctor and the inmate as the power surges, the lock on the inmate's wrists release. He grabs a crowbar that was also in the doctor's case. The inmate plows through the door, takes out a few guards. Panic ensues as this power surge has, mo has released most of the prisoners in this, you know, prison. Fighting between the guards and inmate ensues, and we see Matt Murdock charging in. Confused about everything. All of a sudden, Murdoch is approached by a few police officers who are armed and confrontational with him. They begin fighting as Murdoch understands that they're police officers by like the sounds of handcuffs, you know, 
the feeling of a certain baton on his back, stuff like that. Like he's fighting them off. He wins his battle. Murdoch then senses something in the area. He senses a massive dude, which he can only assume is the guy, the prisoner that the doctor had been talking to. When all of a sudden he picks up two other massive guys, actually three other massive guys. Uh, they approach with blank expressions and says, uh, the doctor looks befuddled. He's like, oh my gosh, there's these three other inmates that are just as big as this guy I'm breaking out. He assures him by saying, it's all right, they're with me. I'll let them handle my light work. These three jump and absolutely destroy Murdoch in the areas in which he was previously hurt from the altercation with the unknown man and just causing more physical damage to him, leaving him there. One driving a club into one of the areas where Murdoch had a bullet wound. Uh, now Murdoch is completely out. He's in worse shape than he was in before uh, because he didn't have like his daredevil fit on. Like uh -huh. he was just Matt Murdoch. He was just there for an appointment. <laughs> like now he's just completely wrecked. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. The five, the five of them walk out together. Quite a swing you have there, Dirk. The doc says, what's Fisk done or need done now? Well, just an errand. I assume you and your crew should be able to handle this. No problem. So with that being said, that's the end of issue three. The big keys to take away from this is the name Dirk and the crew to be used as a teaser as to who these people are. Uh, yeah, I've got a few things in mind. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that is in the end of issue three, we're going to do a little bit of like a teaser for issue four. You can't help yourself. Yeah. In which... <laughs> All we see is... Who's that Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> All we see is Murdoch in what seems to be like an underground place uh, with no shirt. Once again, he's in tattered clothing. And uh, a figure in the dark saying, huh, long time no see, Matthew. All right. I like that. Okay. That makes nice. me excited. Yeah. So, any questions, comments that you have so far? No, I'm just kind of following along. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's nice that there's like a, I almost want to put a storyboard together to figure out where everything's at. Mm -hmm. But it's it's fun. Um, I guess take us in to the thought process, like where. This is obviously becoming a little bit easier for you. Um, mm -hmm. So what's what's your yeah. process when you put these together? Uh, once again, I think I have a goal of where where the end of the story will be, what I want the big payoff to be, um, and how to get there. Um, 
how to introduce certain characters, how to uh, do this and that. I mean, in this issue, we learned that Mark Spector is in this book, which obviously means that Moon Knight was part of something within what's already happened because of the bandages. Mm -hmm. We see a scope lens looking at him, but we don't know who's behind that scope. Uh, with the teaser for the next issue, we know that somebody close to Matt is now like there's, there's a connection there. Uh, and it obviously happens after the events of this, after the events of him getting destroyed. Um, uh, there is something that is kind of interesting that I didn't do intentionally. I actually made an accident in this issue, but <laughs> I found a way to actually write it where it makes sense. Okay. And, uh, it actually worked out perfectly. Like it was the perfect mistake if that's a thing. Sure. Because of, and I, I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but it has to do with the interaction between Matt Murdock and, uh, Claire in the hospital. Um, that interaction uh, <laughs> is kind of, it, it kind of almost ruined a little bit, but it was the perfect mistake um, because it has to do with the dialogue, uh, but that it, it worked out perfectly. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's basically the process of this whole thing is like, I envision these ideas of like what I want the payoff to be. Like I already know what the payoff is with the cross, the inevitable crossover with the Fantastic Four. Like I already have that scripted out as to what that crossover will be and how, how people can sense it coming without it being heavy handed. Um, and then once again, with this whole story of like the election year, I wanted to do because of like, uh, Portraying Wilson Fisk a little bit differently than I think he has been in the past while also staying true to like his motivations and his desires. Um, because from what we've seen already, like Fisk is obviously running for a political office, uh, but he's also like easily triggered by things that have been brought up that are negative against him, which is very like Wilson Fisk. Uh, but at the same time, there's some kind of possible backup plan or something going on that we don't really know of as of right now, because this doctor is working alongside him and has obviously broke out some inmates that are very bad. And like they destroyed Matt Murdock single, like just completely jumped him left him for dead so um yeah there's something massive going on like what are these like emp type surges of electricity or, or whatever this kind of power source is like what's happening um and i can say that all will be revealed in due time how do you do you <clears throat> think the mountain would be a good kingpin yeah yeah. Okay. I, I think That's so. That's the only person I could think of that um, has even close to the size. Because like Big Show mentioned that he was interested, but he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And he's not necessarily the most wide human being anymore. Right. The mountain has kind of, you put him in a suit and right, he right, would right. You can hide the muscle. Right. Right. 
Right. So that's the only thing I can think of. It's so hard to portray somebody like that whose comic proportions are not <laughs> just huge, not yeah. humanly. Like they tried yeah. it with Bane, and it just didn't quite look right as as right. well as he did with the with the role. It was like, well, he could beat him in a fight. You know, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen it before. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, MMA sometimes the the bigger guy doesn't always win. So, um, yeah, it's it's hard to cast characters like that. I will say, like, it's hard to, like, kind of put into words, I guess, as I'm doing these, like, how, like, the scaling of things. So I will say that these four guys that just broke out of prison are around the same size as Kingpin. Gotcha. Uh, which, once again, I think that the name choice and the wording choice should kind of give away to, like, more hardcore fans of Marvel Comics would know instantaneously but it's something, honestly, that I wanted to throw in. These are characters that I literally saw, like, I'm not even going to lie. Uh, so for those of you that are listening that are hardcore fans that automatically know just off of the name who these people are, basically I saw Marvel Legends of them, and I was like, wow, like, I need those. <laughs> and... Uh, I took a deep dive into their characters and like, you know, I thought, man, like I want to use them and I want to use them in a, in a, in a different form. Right. So that was basically the, the gist of, of, uh, of what I wanted to do and, and why they're in this, in this book. Once again, it'll all be revealed. Some crazy stuff's about to go down. I will say that. Like, even, like, insane stuff about to go down. I'm excited. Yeah. It's still in this, like, weird build-up phase, I right. would say. It's like, there's like still like action. Yeah. 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 But things are about to pop off that are, like, really nuts. So. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know what I've been thinking about is we got Endgame, which was a bunch of superheroes yeah. together. Yeah. But I'm thinking about when's the first movie where we're going to see a bunch of supervillains? You know? Can they do that? Uh, yes. Because they all kind of get defeated yeah. one by one. Yeah. Like, are we ever going to get a standoff where, like, yes, it was Thanos and the Black Order and, you know, all of his But the Black goons, Order was like... Mm. They didn't have a big buildup. Right. So, are we going... Is there a point in time where maybe, you know, they... Most villains don't really die. They just kind of go away. Right. Although Marvel's been killing some more villains than you'd usually think of. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wonder if there's going to be a day where we get a true fight between superheroes and supervillains. It's got to be either X-Men or Spider-Man. Right. That's right. Or a combination. Oh, yeah. At yeah. this point. That, that could be cool. That could be so, fun. Or, ooh. And that's why the multiverse, that's why it popped in my head. I'm like, Yo. we've never had the ability to get everybody on screen at once, which Endgame was mm-hmm. in the positive way. But can we get some dark, you know, yeah. supervillains? A Fantastic Four. Yeah. that That's where it's going to happen. I think you're going to have a lot of stuff popping off when we get Fantastic Four movies. I because so. they, we already have the introduction of Korean Scroll in uh, right, that's Guardians of- and possibilities and uh captain marvel so i think that's where we see it uh spider-man 3 potentially with you know different villains from you know the toby films or uh you know new villains that we haven't seen yet right i think that'll pop off in spider-man 3 for sure i think we'll see like 
maybe four or five, maybe six villains in that movie, which will be lit. <laughs> well, with from what it sounds like, they're if they're bringing back Toby and Andrew, it might not just be for the one movie. It might be to give them starring roles in Spider-Man 4. Yeah. So that would probably be the most likely scenario where we'd get a whole bunch of supervillains because maybe we'll get their supervillains. That would be We get the Green Goblin and, um, you know, Electro and things like that that are all kind of making their way back. Mm -hmm. With the introduction of different people for Tom Holland. Yes. Right. Which is intriguing because we already heard that Electro is on his way back. And you have to worry about like Vulture still being out there. And His implication Morbius in the Morbius movie. Uh, yeah. Everybody that comes with that, J. Jonah Jameson in his Oof, own right, is man. going to be just... Yeah. The, he knows who Peter Parker is now. Forget yep. Spider-Man. He's going to be killing him. So, yeah, there could be a potential of... You've also got the symbiotes floating around here. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at maybe 10 to 15 plus uh, people yeah. involved in this whole war mm-hmm. not to mention you got nick fury very integral to the spider-man franchise which means he's always one call away from yeah. thor captain marvel uh right. and the rest of the bunch right. so yeah it could get really interesting and spider-man could become the the linchpin or the iron man of the series uh of you know the next saga yeah which would be very intriguing i will say Doing a little bit more research into like Shang Chi, uh, I, I really cannot wait for his movie, uh, purely based off the Mandarin and like what's going to happen there. Because right. I what think are that possible that's huge... in- implications there? Well, I mean, just the Ten Rings, and they're if they do it in the way that they did it in the comic, that's going to be kind of related to Infinity Stones. Uh, so. We'll, we'll see. Um, if it is, then Shang-Chi instantaneously can become one of the more powerful people going forward. Um, it just depends on how they do the movie. I'm not really sure at this moment, but um, it could be huge. I will say that because what we know from the Mandarin and the comics and what the Ten Rings represent, uh, what their power are, like it is kind of, it's not to the scale of the infinity stones or the infinity gauntlet, but it's like a smaller scale of it. Like it still gives them, it still gives him like powers that are not human. So like it, oh man, like, and, and, and it makes sense if they did it where like Shang-Chi defeats him and then takes possession of the Ten Rings because like Shang-Chi is just like a martial artist dude, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, how does he fit into Captain Marvel or Thor? Black Widow. (laughs) Like, no, I I think he takes possession of these Ten Rings maybe and uses them for good or something. You know, it's, it's possible. I don't know. We'll see. I am super excited to see the real Mandarin though. I will say that that's, that's, that's going to be sick. There's already a casting of him, I think. So what, what if like Borat walks out? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be pretty funny. (laughs) Shang-Chi does some like quick moves to like get in position to fight him. He's like, nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Um, You got any more impressions? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) 
Yeah, not, not I'm, I'm intrigued. Shane Chi, that's that's a nice a nice uh change of pace because we really have nothing else like it so far. Yeah. Having a martial artist is going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um it is intriguing to see how he fits into this whole thing, you know, with somewhat limited abilities compared to some of the newer it seems like every character we get is stronger and stronger at this point right and we're getting into like the eternals and we're getting into like some very cosmic stuff stuff yeah with uh you know the villains getting stronger Mm -hmm. it's funny because looking back the iron man villains were a guy in a suit yeah a prisoner with some electro you know electrodes going through his arms right and now, a fake Mandarin, right? And, <laughs> right. Um, and now we have Thanos, and we've got, yeah, um, freaking in Spider Man, we're about to have Mysterio and yeah, literal, you know, supernatural beings. And well, there's I'll say that like Mysterio wasn't well, not Mysterio, Mysterio but like that, that his that ones to better. come are, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. And then we're also getting like, you know. We'll see what happens with Doctor Strange. Uh, right. Dormammu. We'll see what happens with like Thor, <laughs> Love and Thunder. Iron Man would have been interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dormammu would, uh, there, there's no way. Wipe the floor. Dormammu actually is probably the most powerful villain. Uh, you did not because, agree. He was in my top three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he not on your list. So Dormammu, I feel like Dormammu actually can, is the one, one of like, maybe like top maybe like three or four maybe five villains that can actually defeat Thanos with the infinity gauntlet on um so yeah I think man that's it's it's insane Dormammu yeah he's definitely insanely powerful absolutely yep I'm excited to see where we go with everything moving forward do you have any last thoughts? We've covered an awful lot for something with no main topics. No main topic. We just kind of went off the top of the dome on this one, to be honest. Um, but I actually like doing this. I, th- I think it's fun because we can just kind of like spitball things that, you know, rapid fire entering your brain, <laughs> you know. Um, it's the nerd barbershop, you know. Pretty much. Yeah. It's the nerd barbershop. That's a good way of putting it. Uh yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously issue four coming uh, next time. Uh, really excited. I, I really hope that, like, people enjoy this and, like, people uh, kind of are able to follow. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, crazy written or anything like that. So uh, I'm just having a good time with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for the next episode. Yeah. Do you have the fourth one ready to go? Yep. All right. I love to hear it. Thank you to everyone who joined us today or whatever day this may be on. Um, whether you're here as soon as it's dropped or three years in the future, uh, <laughs> may your alternate universe be a better one than today is. And That's a good one. Yeah. We Every time something bad happens, it's just splitting into a different universe so that all the good stays in this one. That's all right. Um, so thank you for joining us and we will see you next time peace